0: For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com, then search for Resilience Unraveled. So let's get started. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome back to Resilience Unraveled. Um, today we're talking to Beth Bell, which is a great name. It's one of those really short names. I, I really like it. It's um, it's very good. It kind, kind of has a ring to it. It does, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It's really great. It's almost like if you run it together as well. It sounds like one of those iconic single names like Madonna or something, Beth Bell. You know, there you go. Fantastic. Well, anyway, hi Beth. It's a joy to to meet you on this beautiful sunny day. How are you doing?
1: I'm great and I'm very grateful to be here.
0: Great. So tell me a little bit about where you are.
1: I'm in Southern California. I'm close to San Diego, so It's beautiful here. There's a a beautiful ocean and big cliffs and normally lots of sunshine. I think today there might be a little bit of clouds, but I'm in a beautiful spot on the planet. Fantastic. And tell us a
0: bit about what it is that you do.
1: Well, I've just launched a book, but my background is a little bit eclectic and interesting. I started in big pharma and uh, had lots of jobs around the world. My last position was based in Singapore and I was able to travel all of Asia, but came to a place where I wanted to do something more with my life, loved my job, but knew that there was a bigger mission. So I left my my corporate life behind. I actually did that a couple of times and did what I call a self-created sabbatical, um, but then actually left for good and uh, moved to Bali unexpectedly, thought I was going to be there for three months and stayed five and a half years. So I spent seven and a half years in Asia and then came back to the United States uh, back in 2018, have done my own shows, uh, Pollinating the Planet with Love, Empowering Pure Love and Purpose, and now I've launched this book out into the world to share messages of how we can stop the suffering of the mind and get into our soul's plan and live the bliss that is our abundance and our birthright, really. Wow that was
0: that was amazing you delivered that one-on-one breath that was very imp- for anybody that wants to know how to pitch that's how you do it uh fantastic oh but to tell him more about this, so you're, you're sitting in the commercial world you you're in big Pharma, you know famously a place of of purpose and meaning not um how how did you get the obviously a lot of people have that sort of inkling am, am I doing this is it work right for me blah 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 what 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 was happening to you what was What was going on in your head? What what was really sort of disturbing you?
1: Well, it's interesting. And it's a great question, because I have to say that I'm not really one of those disgruntled corporate people. Um, There's certainly a soul sucking aspect to working for any big company. Mm -hmm. And for me, I just always had this, this fire in my belly, this undertow of, there's something more, there's something more that I'm here to do, and something more that I want to contribute. And so at one point, after going through a really tumultuous divorce, uh, I, which was also one of my biggest spiritual awakening moments. And I described that all in the book. Um, I w- I I just walked up the stairs in my corporate life and I just said, wait, that th- this just has to change. I just want to do something different. And so I put a call out to the universe and said, you know, where is it that I should go? What is it that I should do? Because I wasn't sure. And the idea to move to Costa Rica or go to Costa Rica came to mind. And within one week, I had literally, um, I think it was five people tell me, you should go to Costa Rica. And so I thought, oh gosh, I think that's a sign from the universe and ended up looking to see what the airfare was going to be and kind of said to myself, you know, if the ticket's cheap enough, I'll, I'll go to Costa Rica. That'll just be like the last validation sign that I get. And sure enough, it was a straight flight. It was easy to get there. I bought the ticket. And then I said, Oh no, now I have to actually literally quit my job. So I went in and and ended up taking a a sabbatical and, and, uh, and then ended up resigning from the role because I knew that I wanted to go for more than one month and my, my corporate life, they were incredible. They said, go for a month, go for two months, go for three months, but we can't really support you beyond that. And after that one month mark said you know what, I know I'm not coming back anytime soon. And I don't want to leave my team hanging without, without leadership. And so I, um, I decided that I would give them the notice and not take the three months that they were allowing me and, and then really did a bunch of travels around the world and really started to accelerate my spiritual journey and, uh, and ended up going back to corporate. Um, I had sort of this agreement with the universe that I wanted to be out for two years and then I would, Mm. um, I would come you know I would come back. well they invited me back to to work at, in my corporate office and so that really ended up being a great opportunity. Um, and then many more things unfolded from there. So it was it was really divinely guided um, that I left my corporate life. It was divinely guided that I went back and it was divinely guided again that that I that I left for good um, many years down the road. So it's an yeah. intre- it was an interesting journey.
0: Interesting. So so, so, what's interesting about what you said there is just to unpack this a little, if I may, um, you had an idea, but you acted on it. And there are lots of people in the world who don't act on it. I mean, yes, it, you you checked it out, you de-risked it, didn't you? You had a conversation with your organisation, such like. But there's a difference between people who act in the world. There's a people who are different, who, who who just sit there and don't take the action. So what is it about you that makes you take action?
1: Well, I felt like I really developed what I call intuitive risk taking. So it was a risk to leave my corporate life. It was scary to leave a huge paycheck. It was it, it did take a lot to to really make that jump. But intuitively, I knew that I wanted to follow my heart, and I didn't want to be that person that said woulda, shoulda, coulda. I wanted to be the person that that lived her life to to its fullest, and I didn't want to live in fear. Um, I also got exposed to uh, A Course in Miracles, which is uh, an interesting book and a great set of teachings. And if you boil it all down, it's all about life is either based on love or fear. And I said, I choose love. And so when I chose love, that meant that I was going to go wherever my heart said I should go. And of course, when I say intuitive risk-taking, I don't mean that I always just like took off and did something on a whim. I don't mean that actually. I mean that Intuitively, you get that feeling inside. You're, you, it's, it's, it's in your gut, and you say, "This is something that I feel like I want to do," and then you follow it. But you also look for validating points, like I was saying in the story about Costa Rica. Right. I didn't just take off right away and do it. Yeah, I said, "Okay, spirit, you're giving me this hit, and give me some more validation points that make this make sense." So, it's really about this intuitive risk taking and following your heart.
0: Yes, interesting. Uh, and we we use different language really to say the same thing, but. Um... Yeah, but that's quite fascinating, really. So um, you you teased me with a divorce. You you must tell me more because I'm a a divorce survivor as well. So tell me about yours. Share notes.
1: (laughs) Yes, we always all have our war stories, don't we? You're
0: from California, Um, though, aren't you? So you'll be massively rich after yours.
1: No, no, no. And, you know, I grew up in North Dakota. You may not be Ah. that familiar being across the pond, but North Dakota is a very small state with small communities And I did move to California many, many years ago, and I've been around the world and back to California now. Um, But I I actually fell in love with somebody who was a great companion for me, Um, someone who we shared a lot of similar interests in. But I'll be honest, I fell prey to the whole white picket fence. Uh, I don't know if you guys say Mm. that over there, but the white picket fence, um, you know, fairy tale that I think we all do and the fairy tales of romantic love. And we just had a difference in who we were as people and what we wanted to represent. And so Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time really enjoying my marriage actually, and enjoying the companionship and, and sharing a lot of common interests. But I also ended up lying to myself, not intentionally. I just, I didn't know that I was lying to myself and I wasn't really seeing the relationship for what it really was and how it was holding me back. And I don't think that, you know, my ex-husband wanted to intentionally hold me back. We all have fear in relationships. We all have fear when we're in love. Um, We want to protect ourselves and we all have ideas of what relationships should be. Ours just started to part. But what happened for me is I had, and I talk about this in the book as well, uh, what I call the awakening kiss at 30,000 feet, where someone just woke me up. And I said, yes, I know that I want more. I can be in a relationship that gives more. And it was an awakening kiss because it wasn't a relationship that then was heavily pursued. It was uh, it was an awakening. It was literally an awakening for me to just say, "Wow, there is so much more in a relationship that I'm capable of." And so, it was a little bit difficult because we we did have you know ten years together, and um and it wasn't something that he wanted, so that created a little bit of a of Absolutely. a challenge. And it spent you know we spent six five six years trying to settle you know the divorce, which you know it also leads into part of the issues in the marriage, right? We, whatever was the issue in the beginning is always the issue at the end on steroids. So, um, yeah, so, so there's some interesting stories in the book about, about that relationship and how I view that relationship. And I'm still very grateful for that relationship. It, it was, it was good in a lot of ways. It taught me a lot of things. Um, it was a challenge to get out of and to finally close that. And I think I spent a lot of years, you know, really going under every rock, nook and cranny to make sure that I had healed from Mm. all the things that that had come about in that in that relationship.
0: Yes. Well, and you've written a book. And um, what's fascinating about your book, it has to have the prize this year for the best title. I mean, Angels, Herpes and Psychedelics unraveling the mind to unveil illusions that's a brilliant title i see you spell unraveling with one l so it's a proper american book that's good so why the title i mean it's a brilliant title
1: well first of all thank you for seeing it as a brilliant title because i got a lot of pushback on that title many 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 people um have encouraged me strongly to change the title um yeah i stuck to your guns yeah, I could tell you lots of stories, but let's get right into why I chose the title. First of all, I will give uh my higher self credit for it because it was really a download that came to me and I was not looking to write a book about my own personal stories. I wanted to write that book that was like The 5 Pearls of Wisdom, the 3 Tips, you know, the wisdom book, right? That I could be this expert in and, and uh yeah, and and have that as the book that goes out there and one day it was so clear i was sitting in my rocking chair and spirit said to me and when i say spirit i just mean you know sometimes you get those drop in thoughts those yeah. the, the intuition those oh exactly. okay same yep. and- the same
0: idea we just use different language there's nothing to matter okay. with it is it yeah i
1: like yeah. it yeah mm. okay so it just came to me and spirit said you need to write the book about your life and i was like yeah no thanks you need to write a book about your life Yeah, no, thanks. Mm. And it came again. And I was like, okay, I'm listening. And then there was very specific directive. Get your pencil, which I rarely use, and your white notebook. And I sat for an hour and wrote at the time 12 chapters, the whole outline of what it was going to be. And I thought, oh gosh, I guess I really am going to write this book. And then the title came and it will be called Angels Herpes and psychedelics. And I was like, no, this is crazy. And uh, it just became really, really clear that that needed to be the title. And in a real quick nutshell, Angels is in there because angels are always guiding us, whether they're in physical form, someone who comes in and, you know, does the awakening kiss at 30,000 feet, someone who's an archangel that's in another realm. Um, You know, lots, lots of people have different ideas of angels. It could be a stranger on the street that does an act of kindness that shifts you and helps you. And so it's really acknowledging that angels surround us everywhere. Everyone's an angel, actually, everyone in our life, we just really need to be open to what is the lesson that they're here mm. to help us learn. Mm. So that's that one. And herpes is really to help people get into traumas of of life. And the biggest trauma I think we have in life are the viruses of the mind, right? Wow. So viruses are a really big deal right now, especially with COVID. And so I do get into some juicy details about that particular topic. So um, by all means, I, I, I pay that off in the in the book it's not uh, it's not just for sensationalization at all it's actually for a very serious topic of talking about difficult conversations um releasing trauma and drama that comes into our life um and you know whatever that is for people that's a lot of a lot of different things for different people so it's really helping to it's about helping to un- uh, unravel the storylines of our mind to help us stop the suffering and psychedelics come in because after 20 really intense years of building a spiritual toolbox, psychedelics just helped me to completely embody the intellectual concepts that I had with all of my spiritual learning in a whole new way, a way Mm -hmm. that I would have never imagined. And I have to tell you that I would be the least likely person to do any kind of drugs. I have always had an absolute no-go drug policy with the exception of occasional use of alcohol Mm -hmm. uh, marijuana, everything was a no-go. If it showed up anywhere, I was out the door. So it's a bit ironic that now I have a book talking about psychedelics and that I have actually partaken in psychedelics and, uh, coming from big pharma, there's also a really interesting overlay that there are now over 250 pharmaceutical psychedelic companies studying different molecules, um, you know, there's a, a good handful of them on the New York and the Toronto Stock Exchange. So there's legit companies. Um, we'll, we'll probably start to see some approvals in 2023. Um, for me, for I, my,
0: I... For micro doses, let's be just clear on that, though. Not troughing huge amounts of MDMA. It's micro doses of specific things.
1: There's different doses. I mean, right now in the United States, we have ketamine, which is a high dose. It's a psychedelic. It's a high dose psychedelic. It's... Um, intramuscular and some do an, an uh you know the injection or some do an iv some do longeses. so it, it's 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 real it's here and it's helping a lot of people yeah. ketamine is helping a lot of people and it's available and then of course there's a lot of more underground ways to partake which I'm really big on set and setting. I'm always going to say that that psychedelics and the use of psychedelics is something to be taken very very seriously. Yeah. It's not a social in my mind, it's not for social use. It's uh, but it does have this great ability to help you work through trauma. It helps yeah. this it helps you be able to expand your consciousness. So you don't have to necessarily have something really really traumatic that you want to heal in order to be a good candidate for psychedelics. Um, so psychedelics came into my world because I became a flower whisperer at one point when I was still in my corporate life, I could not meditate. It was just absolutely impossible for me to sit. If I did, I was like, I am not going to get that 15 minutes back. So, um, the flowers came into my life in a way that I didn't expect. I bought a nice camera, started photographing them and started falling in love with the energy and the vibration of flowers. And so that really became my form of meditation, which ultimately led into me being more Interested in exploring plant-based medicines because I understood the power of flowers, and that led me just so eloquently into the power of plants. Um, so I've had lots of opportunities that led me into there, which I'm happy to talk about. But I'm not sure how much information you want about psychedelics, but it's certainly a very important uh, part of of the book.
0: No, well, I, I agree. I think um, I think there's a ton of it. Really interesting research. A colleague of mine is working with the UK military to um, test. Um, I don't know which one it is, but one of the, a, a range of psychedelics mm-hmm. and result, early results on trauma and anxiety and performance enhancement are, you know, showing really great promise. But as you say, it's not a, an invitation for people just to rush out and sort of willy-nilly start engaging in throwing a bunch of psychedelics down their throat. It's not the that's not what we're talking about here, is it? So um, no. But the and the trouble is, of course, that conventional medicine is a bit reluctant and slow to take up these sort of advances as well. So it's um so it's always at the boundaries of um practice where you find these advancements isn't it so it's great to hear you talking about that in this way i think it's fascinating so can okay, now i understand the psychedelics it's just um so i get it it's it's spirits it's virus and it's it's the sort of um the plant-based um future in a sense isn't it of medicine yeah. and such like
1: yeah and at a time where there's such great suffering on the planet yeah. um this is really a shortcut. I like to talk about psychedelics as a North star. Psychedelics are not going to make you enlightened, but in an appropriate set and setting, you can have an experience where you understand the way that the universe works. You understand who you really are and you unravel all of those storylines that are in your mind that in some cases you don't even know are there. Some of them are ancestral. Some of them are just programs that you got from your parents. They're programs that you have from your community. They're programs you have from the media. Um, you know, there's lots of programs in your mind that cause simply, they cause suffering. And until you get into the depths of unraveling them to know who you really are you will experience suffering. And so psychedelics have that ability to just give you that North Star of, oh, this is where I'm headed. This is where I want to go. And this is what my soul's plan is, not my ego's plan, the one that's anchored here in this materialism and this time-based reality. So yes. it offers and, and, you just a completely different perspective.
0: And who's the book for, in a sense? Who would get the most value from it? And I know when you write a book, it's there's two sorts of, book isn't it one that you write for yourself and one that you write where you think certain people would really profit from it so which 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 were you
1: yeah well I wrote the book because I really want to help contribute to the awakening and healing of humanity and so the book is really oriented towards people who are at that place in their life where like I think there's a better way another way I want to do the work I, I want to stop the suffering like I'm done Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes people have to get on their knees before they're willing to, to, to make those statements. I I hope that, that they don't have to, I hope they can just start doing the spiritual inner work. So it's those people, but it's also the people who have been on the journey and just need a little extra encouragement to keep going Mm -hmm. because it gets hard as you awaken, it becomes more blissful, but you are not fitting in to all of the societal ideas and constructs that that can, can can kind of make you feel like an outcast and you can lose friends, not in a bad way, in a good way, because your vibration raises and you become happier in life. And other people who aren't happy, quite frankly, a lot of times don't want to be around you. Yes. And so, so you do start to lose people in your life and and your relationships change and you build new relationships and you lose a lot of relationships and that can be really hard. So it's also oriented towards those people that are on the journey. And then the ones that are on a more accelerated journey, it's just a joining. I think, you know, people can just say, yes, let's do this. Let's uh, help awaken and heal humanity. The time is now COVID gave us such an incredible opportunity to see the four walls that we've built for ourselves. And to really Mm -hmm. do that inner reflection, a lot of people came out of it with greater suffering because they sat with the mind and the opportunity that is still out there for everyone is to go in inward, deeply inward, unravel all of those stories of the mind and come out the other side in a much more blissful state and and have the ability to really love life and and, and heal their minds. And when you heal the mind, you heal everything. You heal your yeah, body, you heal absolutely. your relationships, you heal, you heal your life. And, and abundance is your birthright. So you attract yeah. everything you want instead of everything you don't want. Mm.
0: So how do we find this book? Where do we buy it? And how do we find out more information about you?
1: The best place to go is BethBell.me. So B-E-T-H-B-E-L-L.me. And on there, you'll be able to access the book. It's on Amazon. So it's on all all of the book buying platforms. Um, You can also get, because one of the things that I realized, because it really is a, for all intents and purposes, it's an awakening memoir. So I intentionally did not make the book a how-to because it's one woman's journey, but I do offer a myriad of modalities, tips, techniques, things in the book that I think are really helpful for people. Um, But I also developed something called the Awakening and Healing Handbook. And you can find that on my website as well. Um, That offers more explanation about some of the modalities that I talk about. Cause in some cases I've talked about my experience, but I don't necessarily talk about the history of the modality or more details. I also explain how I see the definitions of of different words because some people have a different definition. So if I Mm -hmm. say source energy, you know, I talk about what source energy means to me. And so there's that. And there's also the five pearls of wisdom workbook. So it's a more interactive way for people to reflect on their life if they choose to do so. But hey, you can pick up the book and read it for pure entertainment value. You will for sure say, in some cases, I would never do that. (laughs) And one of the things I talk about in the book is that everything I said I would never do I have now done, except for one thing. So you'll have to read the book to find out what that one thing is. (laughs) Oh, a a cliffhanger, a teaser (laughs) to finish with.
0: Beth, it's been a joy to talk to you today. It's absolutely fascinating. And you're right, when you're on your knees, that's an interesting thing where, you know, the the big dip, there are all sorts of ways of coming back from that dip, and one of them is this way. And uh, thank you so much for spending time with us today and telling us about an alternative path, because I really love that. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate being on the show.
0: Ah, yes, Thank you very much. You take care. You too. Hi, everybody. I hope you found that episode useful and interesting. Feedback is always welcomed. And if you're in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing. If you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview, then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact. As I said earlier, you can go to qedod.com forward slash contact